Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Impact Podcast. Today is Tuesday, May 29th, and I'm Brent Smith. Um, today I'm joined by some lovely guests. Today I have Daniel Yelverton and Lainey Yelverton. Yeah, hello. <laughs> hey, and um, so they came in today. They're going to do the uh, the podcast with us, going to read through the chapter with us, which by the way, the chapter today is Luke 5, and just always remember that we read out of the ESV version of the Bible. Uh, but Lainey was just recently at women's camp is it women's camp woman's camp it's woman camp woman camp so there is no s but we always call it there's, women's there's camp than, <laughs> there's not more than one person there it's only one woman it's yeah. one woman i guess it makes sense if it's man camp because i hear a lot of people say man's camp and i know that's not right yeah. no um no but it's it's woman camp but i always call it camp. women's camp all right because there was 1800 of us there so wow definitely plural yeah so Lainey went recently, um, as well as my wife went, and um, yes. she's she's not up for being on the podcast. Mm, <laughs> I've Nicole. asked her. I don't want. I didn't want her You're to feel up left next. out. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, if you want to share a little bit about that and what it was like, and uh, what your eyes were open to, anything that you want to share, feel free. The, the floor is yours. Yeah, if you're a woman and you're over eighteen, you have got to go. It was. I, I didn't know. What to expect? My husband has been a few times, and Not to women's camp, <laughs> just, <you know. laughs> to, to man, man camp. camp. He's been to man <clears throat> camp where they eat steak and <laughs> we did it. We did do that. We did eat steak and burnt chili. Apparently, that was a big burnt joke chili was the first, first time. Yep, yep. But then we decided to. Go it is steak not on a fire. like that for women camp. Better it choice. is. Um, I mean, yes, you sleep in a tent and you live out of a backpack. There's practical things. You have no phone. You're not aware of time. Um, you're very, very unplugged, which is not a normal thing for a wife or a mom or just a girl in general. And so it took us some intentionality to like have the anxiety drop a little bit. But we had like so much going against our group getting there, which just meant to us like some really cool stuff's going to happen. And so um, there was 1,800 women there. And we just saw a lot, we just saw the spirit move, like, all weekend long, we saw just a lot of breakthrough for different women, and, um, you know, I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to go into, because, you know, I want to save some special things that you get to experience there, sure. but um, the, the main theme that they have is being chosen, and having a place at the Father's table, and you just really have time it was, at least for our structure, it was pretty loose in time, and you had a lot of downtime with your team, and you had, um, it was, I don't know, it was just really beautiful for me personally. Um, I like to call it a scavenger hunt. God just had me on a scavenger hunt all weekend, and he kept giving me these, like, glimpses of truth, and then he'd wait a little bit, and then he'd give me the next, you know, piece of the puzzle, and it was just kind of an unfolding of the weekend, but I did holy yoga, that was like my favorite thing <laughs> ever was holy yoga. What so is holy yoga. You have to explain that now. Yes, I, don't, I, don't I didn't know, know it, it was a thing, but it is. Um, I'm not one for yoga too much. It's I just don't know much about it. But we were under the big tent that they have where you meet as a group for teachings and worship and stuff. And it was Sunday morning, and you you know you come in with your mat, and there's a woman that is directing, speaking, you know, telling you what to do. And you have worship, like really peaceful worship music going on in the background. And she's just talking you through everything, but then she ministers to you as you're doing yoga. And then at the end, we had a time of just, you know, laying on the ground and just receiving what God had for us. And I woke, like, it was my favorite moment because it was, 
so relaxing. It was so rejuvenating. And um, I, I tried to do it with my at home. It's a little harder with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did it at home with Judah. And he comes in and he had like marker written all over him. Uh, and I was like, okay, no holy yoga today. So peaceful. <laughs> yes. So peaceful. So anyways, I know that was a long spiel, but it, um, it was fun completely life-changing for me but you have to go in with an open heart because mm-hmm. it's very easy to kind of push through those weekends and get home and all that stuff and yeah. it was just you know i don't know god really spoke to each one of us in our group and there was 12 of us yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's good. awesome that's awesome i will say i am not a fan of yoga <laughs> okay. um, I think that's why it's not man camp. <laughs> well yeah. i don't i don't know so the first time that we ever did yoga nicole and i it's a quick story. Um, it was part of P90X years ago, okay. and we were going through that like 90-day thing, and we'd had like a tough week of like leg days and all this stuff, and then it was like Friday, yoga day. So we put on our sweats and our T-shirts, and we were like, all right, it's going to be like in a relaxing hour of stretching. And like five minutes in, my nose is suspended an inch from the carpet, and my arms are shaking and sweats dripping <laughs> off my nose, and I was like, I don't like yoga. <laughs> So this was yeah, a was lot gonna, more low key. Okay. Cuz if somebody was ministering to me during that, I'd probably be like, "Get out of my face." <laughs> you would have loved it though. They played the greatest showman song oh, about like this is who it. I am and so I was standing there like super empowered in my yoga poses <laughs> doing that and we're all singing and worshiping and it was it was just neat. It was really neat. That's awesome. Yeah. I've my family and I have been having a uh, secret love affair with the uh, greatest showman for like about yeah. a month now. So yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's a pretty good movie, and the music is amazing. So yes. anyway, little plug for that. Mm-hmm. But thank you very much for sharing that yeah. with us. Uh, if anybody's listening to this, please get in touch with somebody here at the church if you'd like to go. And, uh, and they you have couples camp, too. Yeah. They have couples camp. Nicole and I were talking about and maybe as a staff or something sometime for us to do, possibly. Yeah. I don't know if we could ever get away <laughs> for that, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it, and you don't have to, one thing that a lot of people don't know too is for man camp or woman camp, you don't have to be a believer either. It's not like no. you have to be a Christian to get in the doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's a, it's a great thing from what I've heard. I've never been, I'd like to go sometime soon, but yeah. anyway, if you want to go, come, October, come get a hold Brent. of us here at the church. I know. Right. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, we'll get you some information on it. So, um, anyway, today, oh, by the way, um, Daniel and Laney, if you couldn't tell by the last name, and I think we spoke about it last time they were on here, they are married, <laughs> um, are. and Hello. their anniversary was on Friday. So happy anniversary! Thank you to both of you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome very much from Four the years. podcast from the church. Happy anniversary! Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, like I said, is Luke five. If you guys would like to go ahead and get into the chapter, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, Lainey, would you start? Yes. All right. Thank you. Jesus calls the first disciples. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, 
for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at a tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And they said to him, the disciples of John fast often and offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, Can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new garment. And the peace from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, desires new, for he says, the old is good. 
All right, so that finishes up today's chapter. Um, and let me explain to you real quick in case cause we haven't done it a whole lot lately, but the SOAP method is what we typically use, scripture, observations, application, and prayer. So now we would be on to observations. Uh, from what we just read, do you guys have any observations that you wanted to talk about? Anything that stuck out, anything that was really speaking to you today? Or confusing, I don't know. Anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think what I, I love in all of these stories is, is Jesus' interaction with um, a religious system. Uh, because uh, I think about how he goes and he teaches uh, on the boat, and then the miracle happens when they catch the fish, and Peter's response is that, get away from me, I'm a sinful man. So he almost is interacting with Jesus, seeing that he's a man of God, seeing that he's holy, and says, you need to leave because I am sinful. Like, get away, like, like I can't, I know I can't be in your presence, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then when Jesus cleanses the leper, you know, the lepers were outcasts in the society. And so he was came and he like, he'd say, the leper is almost asking, hey, if you're willing, like, please heal me, like, if you're willing. But I know that that's not necessarily a requirement, especially for a holy person, because if you touch a leper as a holy person, you become unclean. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says he's willing and he heals him. And then also he confronts uh, the Pharisees, when the paralytic is being dropped down, and he says, hey, your sins are forgiven. And they're like, whoa, 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 like this is blasphemy. And he reveals, hey, no, actually, is it easier, you know, that he has, he revealed that he had the authority to not only heal, but also to forgive sins. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that he confronts is the fact that he is calling out a tax collector. And so he is confronting the fact that the tax collectors are the most hated people in society. They're like the worst sinners of society. Mm-hmm. And he's calling him to be his follower, which is like a huge deal. Like, it's almost like your entourage as a rabbi was a really big deal. So if anybody got called to be a part of like a, a really good rabbi, they had to have like an amazing resume, no blemishes, a really good pedigree. And he's calling the worst of the worst to be a tax collector. And this is disrupting what... The religious system and practice was and then the last one is kind of about uh these pharisees or these people that were confronting jesus about the what the disciples were doing and how they weren't fasting and praying as the other disciples were doing and it was a confrontation of like all right why are you not doing the religious things that you're supposed to be doing and jesus is saying hey there's something different here like the bridegroom is here like i'm the bridegroom and so the things that all of these things the prayer and the fasting all the stuff, the religious practices that you're doing is actually pointing to me. So right in the presence of me, this is not necessary. Mm-hmm. And then he starts talking about this kind of weird analogy of wineskins <laughs> and, um, and the garments, garment. Yeah, old garments. Yeah, old yeah. garments. Yeah, yeah. Which we like look at, we're like, I don't know what that means. Uh, but he's, he's kind of talking about the old established way of being right with God. Like is you can't take what Jesus was doing and just patch it over the old. That it will, it won't work. It will rip at the garment. It will destroy things. It won't function mm-hmm. very well because it's so different. What yeah. Jesus brought was so different, and so he was saying, "You need to, if you have this new wine, if what's coming, the new wine that I'm bringing, you can't put it in old wineskins. You have to revamp the way you think and the way you operate when it comes to being right with God and the religious practices that you have." Mm. And, and so, and then there's a really weird thing right there at the end of verse 39 where it talks about let no one after drinking old wine desires new for he says the old is good and what he's seeing is that like there's people that get stuck when he's saying the no one he's talking about people that get stuck in kind of their old way of doing things Mm -hmm. 
and then they don't desire the new change or they don't desire the new thing that God is doing because they're very content with their traditions or with their old ways. And so yeah. it kind of feels like there's this whole theme throughout this of Jesus kind of confronting the religious norms or religious practices or even how holiness is seen in different manners all throughout this entire chapter, Yeah, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, a lot, a lot of that, what you were just saying there at the end, um, really goes into a lot of what people outside of our faith, outside of Christianity, they, they, you know, a lot of Christians kind of has closed minds about the way things have to be. And there's a lot of judgment there and not to like call out Christians, but I know that there is a lot of that. And, um, that's interesting because Jesus is basically saying for this to work for you, you have to have an open mind. Yeah. Um, so I love going back to the new wine and the old wine skins, um, because they were, they were trying, so they were really hung up on the old way of things. And Jesus, Jesus comes along and is completely flipping things on its, on its head. And he's saying, you can't, like you said, Danny, you can't take what is new and try to fit it into the old mold of who you are, mm-hmm. the old mold of what your heart condition is. And, um, I think what's beautiful about that is one of the things that comes to mind is that we have to almost be given permission or told it's okay to leave your old self and to embrace the new. Cause I think whether that be, um, social purposes or social, social status or what we're used to or how we grew up or, um, old lifestyle habits, all of these things that can kind of consume us. And it's just ingrained from us when we're little kids to then say, you know, as we have accept Christ in our hearts and, and he's like, no, this is, it's kind of the undoing of everything. And, um, life is an undoing of what we're so used to, the undoing of that old, old wine skin. And, um, but to fully step into ourselves, fully step into embracing that new wine, um, that's rich, it's new, it's pure, it's good. Um, I think sometimes we hang on to the old because it's familiar, but I think the moment that we, either someone quote unquote gives us permission to just say it's okay for you to go in fully. You can't put the new back into the old. It doesn't, that's, that's behavior modification. You know, mm-hmm. you're just yep. trying to make it work together. But I believe through God's grace, he's saying when you fully let that old self go, there is so much good waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And to, but you know, the only way that we can fully embrace who we are and fully understand who we are is to fully know God. And one of the things over woman camp that really spoke to me during holy yoga was, um, (laughs) (laughs) they had this thing that was playing over us, just truth about God's love for us. And one of the things that it was from God's perspective, it said, you can only love me as much as you love yourself. Mm. And that, like, I just started weeping, laying on the ground because Mm how much do we self hate and how much do we criticize and how much do we judge others and judge ourselves? You know, there's such a bondage there when we're not loving ourselves, but what that's doing is we're basically saying, God, I can't love you. I mean, he created us. So if we don't love ourselves, how are we fully capable of loving God? And now granted, God's going to love us regardless, but there's such a beauty. And I've been on this journey of learning how to love myself in the weakness love not love who I believe I'm 
going to be in five years or who I want to be or whatever, but like loving myself exactly where I am. Mm -hmm. And that is to me embracing a new wine, embracing a new thought process about myself and letting go of that old mentality, that old wine, you know, and not trying to, I think I was experiencing for years so much conflict of trying to merge the old and the new wine together. Mm. And it was mm. constant friction and, and loving one part of myself and hating the other. And it just was, was back and forth. And Daniel and I have processes a lot. There's been a lot of processing since woman camp for me, but I believe what the, that weekend was for me was to not try to merge the two wines together, but to, you know, let go of the old completely, the old thought process of myself and see not only how God sees me, but just to have permission to love myself. I think we are afraid that it's going to turn into pride. Mm. You can't like yourself, can't love yourself because then you're becoming prideful and self-centered. Right. That is, that's a lie. Yeah. Like granted there, you can go overboard with like, I'm the best thing ever, but yeah. there is a, a grounding in the love that we can have for ourselves through Christ that is so satisfying and makes every season okay. And, um, so that's kind of where that old new wine, you know, old wine versus the new wine comes in for me is to fully step into that grace, fully step into the new that Jesus has, you know, waiting for us. Yeah. And I, I was just going to say, I think, I think a lot of that is just a lot of that self love that you talk about is just learning acceptance of yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the biggest things that I've learned through all of this walk in faith that I've had is that. It's. I just have to keep telling myself over and over again that it doesn't matter what I did. It doesn't matter what I did. Jesus loves yeah. me. He accepts me. He loves me and wants me. So then I have to learn that for myself. Yeah. And that's the hard part is accepting who I am. Like you said, who I am today. I, I wrestle with that stuff all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a, a process of transformation. Transformation is change. Change is hard. It's constantly... Sanctification. Yeah, it's <laughs> constantly just a battle, you know? Yeah. It's a good battle, but it's constantly a battle. And, and I just, you know, just the other day I was disciplining my kids, you know, just like every morning, it's just rough getting ready in the mornings <laughs> and stuff. And um, Sit down, eat, yeah. stop doing that. We need you to hurry up because we got to go by this time. I need you to, okay, stop. stop. Poking her. Okay, now eat again. Now, yeah. st- you know, just all kinds of stuff. Like and I'm sitting cats. there and it's like sometimes every single thing that I say to my children, I'm like, ugh, mm. like I should say that to myself too, you know? Mm. I feel like such a hypocrite sometimes disciplining my kids, but... um Because it is... That's why Jesus gives us kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. It's a very, that's that's a learning process in itself, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I think that you made a great point, Lenny, and um, also you too, Brent. But you... Thanks, like, Dana. Dana. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, no, it was okay. These are really good. <laughs> no, it's uh, wonderful. But I think that's... Um, it's kind of like it bookends a little bit because the first part of the chapter is... When Jesus does this miracle in front of Peter, Peter is, is like face to face with holiness and his immediate response is to see how terrible he is. Mm. You know, immediate yeah. response is to see Condemned. here's all like here's the awful things that I've done. Like don't even be in my presence. Mm. And it's like Jesus is in the midst of the ugliest parts of us and he's there and he stays there and he still loves us. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful that that not only did 
because uh, I think there's something ingrained in us that we see the negative parts of us. We see the negative yeah. parts of our character, and we think that just God is just so disappointed with us. Mm-hmm. And and so when He reveals Himself in some mighty, mighty way, it's so easy for us to just shrink back and just be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I am so just like. I have so much regret. I have so much shame. I have so much guilt. And then Jesus doesn't do any of that instead, which he could have. He could have pointed out all of his sins because Jesus knew all of them. And that would have been very much much within his power. He says, actually, I'm going to invite you to be my closest follower. And then I'm going to empower you to be the one that leads the church movement that I'm going to do. And that's amazing. It's like Jesus, he saw potential. Yeah. He always sees potential in the people that that not only not only us. I think he sees so much potential in us, not because of our own abilities, but because if we're empty vessels and we're filled with the Spirit, then we have a we have an unlimited potential. Yeah, and so I think that that's so powerful because it's so easy to then just kind of always put this gap between us and God, especially when we see Him in how great and amazing that He is and who we are. And, and Jesus kind of closed that gap and was right there next to Peter, right there next to us. And it says, no, I accept you. And not only that, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to build into you, into the person that I see that you can be mm-hmm. because I'm going to make you a fishers of men, yeah. Yeah. not a fisherman. You're no longer going to be stuck in this old way. This is a new thing that I'm going to do yeah. in you. And I, I just, I think that's amazing. I'm gonna, I want to read Second Corinthians twelve nine. It is it is by far my favorite verse, but it it really hit core to me this week. And it said, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me." For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh, What Jesus just keeps teaching me is it is when I am at peace and in ability to love myself in my weakness, he is in his absolute strongest position. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know I've talked about my fatigue and stuff on here before, and I am truly learning to embrace that. that He's wanting to teach me something in this season that he would not be able to teach me if I was physically thriving. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, and I've got to, and it is to learn to love myself in that. And and I think so So often we want to jump into the next season because this one's painful or we just keep messing up and it's just we're mm. failures. But there is really something beautiful that God's going to do through you, whoever is listening to this, um, in this season, in your weakness that he would not be able to do if you were just, you know, thriving and doing all these things. I just think that there's a reason that verse is there because he's saying like, let my power rest upon you mm-hmm. and let me do it through you. Yeah. And I think that's a great, that's a great example of what the joy is that we've spoken about a couple times on here that comes into your life from knowing Jesus, because going through a hard season, you still see it as God is working in you and he's doing something powerful in you and understanding that you might not be, happy sometimes going through this difficult season yeah. mm-hmm. but you still have that joy in your heart because it's you an know inner that God is doing something yeah yeah there's a peace that there's peace where there should be no peace there's joy where there should be no joy because of Jesus yeah. and he can do so much more than we ever could mm-hmm. if it was within our own strength yeah absolutely 
Um, are you guys good to wrap it up? I think that's that's a good place to end the conversation. Yeah. Um, Lainey, would you pray for us today? I Just would. because I feel like where you've kind of processed some things and <laughs> yeah. had some understanding recently Scraped from woman camp. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like your prayer could be pretty powerful today. So yeah, if you I'd would, love please. That. Thanks. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for how you have just spoke spoken to our hearts. Um, I thank you for every single person, that person that's listening right now. I pray that there's a rushing of peace that comes over them right now where they're just able to breathe and that they can just no longer fight, that there's no longer inner conflict for the person that they wish they were versus who they are right now. They feel like they have old baggage that's just hanging on to them. There's just dead weight. Jesus, bring them back together. Father, there's, there's no more conflict. There's no more pulling between these two people that that's in their hearts but that they can just see themselves in their weakness, knowing that this season is temporary. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would rush in and that you would bring a love for themselves that they have never had before Mm. and a peace that they have never had before and that they don't have to apologize for themselves anymore. They don't have to question who they are because of you, and because of the strength and power you already have on them. And so, Father, I just am so grateful for Daniel and for Brent um, and for the staff and just this podcast, Father, how you're speaking truth. And um, I know you're going to do it. I know that you're going to allow us to fully step into this new wineskin, that you give us permission and you say, let's go. I'm going to take your hand and we're going to walk through this together. Let's go. Let go of the old and that we have a promise that's already ahead of us that we can hold on to with hope, that there's a promise for each one of us that you are not going to fail us and that there is an answer to all of our questions. Mm. And Father, we just love you and we surrender and we thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That actually got me. (laughs) Um. But uh, thank you very much for coming on today and for sharing. Thanks, and for, thanks for joining me today, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, that's going to wrap up the episode for today for Weekly Impact, episode 31. Um, if you guys would like, we would love for you to join us on our chapter day movement that we do here at the church. Um, if you go to our website, which is actually um, myelevationcc.org, we're going to be posting our weekly reading schedule on there and posting it on Facebook as well. Um, so there's an easy way for you to read along with us if you'd like to. But um, we've seen some great things happening in this church and people getting in the word every day. And, and um, it's important that we do things like that. So if you guys would like to follow along with us, we would love to have you join us. Uh, but for Weekly Impact, for Elevation Community Church here in Blanchester, Ohio. Um, thanks, guys, again for joining me today. It's and a pleasure. Um, we will talk to you guys next week. 